Hello, everybody. It's Identical Cousins, episode 22. It's raining in Seattle, Michael. That's the name of this episode. It's raining in Seattle, Michael. (laughs) I guess it's music time? Let's play some music. BPS or PBS, what is up? PBS, that's right. Public Broadcasting Simmons. I don't know how I switched that so quickly because I was thinking of BPS and you like that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a PBS shirt for Christmas. I love PBS. Uh, for my sister. Yeah. Funny thing about PBS is I love them. My wife's always like, oh, we should sponsor them. Don't be such a cheapskate. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I don't know why either. Like, I really should. I, I love their stuff, but I don't know. Priorities, I guess. The P in PBS is priorities. So another thing is, if you're in Terminal, you could type man, PBS, and get the documentation. And apparently, PBS is a general helper tool. Interesting. So. I always thought, I was thinking, first thing that came to mind was pasteboard server. Mm-hmm. But it is a general helper tool. PBS is not related to the pasteboard. No, the pasteboard is managed by the P-board agent. Ah, of course. Right. Yeah. PBS is also a, a solution uh, used in... Some biology labs. I can't remember what it's for. Huh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's PBSs everywhere. That's all I'm saying. I got you. I, I, yeah. I got it. So basically, 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 uh, it's about a month from the last episode. We're on about a month schedule now, I think, just because you and I have become insanely crazy doing apps. Oh, apps. apps. Why do we even bother? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's because we love it. We do. Yeah. We do, we do. And, uh... You know, the thing about the podcast for me, and I I think for you, but I'll speak for myself and you can follow up, is I love being able to just chat about what's going on with you and then, you know, our listeners through the class board or other stuff get a different kind of angle of things, right? You know, you're more of the developer, I'm more of the designer, producer type person, and we get to kind of chat about things, but it's always, whenever we sit down to record, I'm always really excited to talk about what we've done. So it's kind of neat having a break because there's so much stuff then to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and plenty, plenty in the past month. That's a fact. Oh yeah, yeah. So big, big lot of news. Yep. So raining in Seattle. Um, I, I guess I'd ask really, but yeah, I actually saw a well, tweet. I, I saw a tweet the other day. I, I, I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, "Oh, 100% chance of rain," and someone's like, "Yeah, you live in Seattle." <laughs> so our summers have turned really super dry. You know, it it will go for weeks and and even months without measurable rain, which is very strange for a Seattleite, but. You know, the rainy season does eventually return, and I think it just has. Yeah. So, yep, we got rain again. Yep, we had bad rain um, actually here in the Bay Area, I think it was last week. Yeah. And it was really surprising, because here's the deal. Like, obviously, instead of winters, we get rain in California, at least in the Bay right. Area. And that's cool. I actually like the rain. I wish we did get snow. Like, I definitely miss snow from the East Coast growing up, because then, you know, you get all oh, the different yeah. seasons, and then you get to get all cuddly and warm in your house, and then sure. winter goes by, and then boom, oh, nice spring, right? Like, I just love the changes. I miss, I miss snow. That's what I'm saying. Totally. Same boat here. Yeah. Cool. And for me, like, I, 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 the rain comes and I like it because then it's a change from the nice warm summer we've had, right? And, you know, California is definitely really nice weather in terms of if you have to pick one mode of weather, mm. it's a pretty good mode over here. Yeah, sure. But when the rain comes, I love it. But last week, man, we got rain like like crazier. I don't, I don't want to say crazier than Seattle rain, but it was ra- like just hardcore raining for hours. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow, did, did, you know, is this an early winter? But of course, now it's been all warm again. So it was just some freak storm, but it was crazy rain. Uh, Seattle rain tends to be just kind of light and misty. You know, we so very, very, very uh, British, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's Wet. like a fog that's just gone a little too far. <laughs> uh, moist, moist. Yeah. It's, a, it's a grungy fog. Speaking of blackberry pie, moist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's good for our gills. We have to keep them moist. That's right. You know, That's right. It's important. Keeps you, keeps you. As fish, it's critical. The pH fish or the F fish? Uh, uh, with an F. What's yeah. pH fish? There's, there's a band oh, fish. A, yeah, that I'm, band. I have a lot I'm of friends a, who are fish heads. I'm not a fucking hippie. Is that a pH or an F for fucking hippie? That's <laughs> both. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So it's raining in Seattle, Michael. And it was yeah. raining here in Bay Area, Brent. Mm-hmm. 
So let's see. Uh, all right, so let's let's get right into this. It's going to be, I think, a very quick episode because lots to talk about. But it's iPhone 5C, 5S, iOS 7 extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Time. Trademark. Copyright. I'm probably not going to buy e- either one. Uh, are you buying a new phone? So, you know, everyone has said, did you lie? I have not gotten either. I will get a 5S. Yeah, okay. No, no rush to get one. My 5 is fine. And look, I want Touch ID. I think it's awesome. Um, mm. I think the, the, the 64-bit processor is awesome. Uh, one of the companies I actually advise, we're going to have some crazy news today or tomorrow. We're recording today on the 23rd. Our goal is to edit and have it out tomorrow on the 24th. Um, <laughs> I say our goal, but... <laughs> We'll see how that goes. But Right. Well, you know, yeah. yeah, you have to do the editing. It takes me an hour and a half to to listen to it and do the show notes too. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I whenever I send it off to you and then I ask you, you know, do, I always sit there thinking, man, I, I would not want to do the show notes. And you probably are sitting there thinking, I don't want to do the editing, so it works out perfectly. Yeah, totally does. Identical cousins. Mm-hmm. And like like this news though, it's a six it's something you have to do with the sixty four bit five uh, you know, the A seven on the five S. Hmm. That phone is a fucking monster. Yeah. Like, like the performance gains, you know, Apple, of course, is like, oh, 64 bit and all this stuff. And, you know, just like with when you hear when the whole Pentium days with 300 megahertz, 333, 400, you know, mm. it's kind of hard to explain what fast is, right? Yeah. But the speed gains, performance gains, and overall tools that Apple gives you to make the things faster, better are just like, seriously, it's a fucking monster. Mm. And this is like early stuff, right? So the app that... I'm working with a company on that's coming out today or tomorrow. This is like, you know, they put this together, what, in a week or so? Mm-hmm. So this isn't wow. even like understood, fully grasped, concepting, you know what I mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is early. So imagine what's going to be on the 5S, I don't know, four months from now, five months from now, six months from now, when everyone really understands what's going on and Apple fixes the bugs and other stuff, right? Right. Because I'm sure there's a ton of errata right now, which, yeah. of course, causes issues, right? So Jesus Christ, don't even get me started. What, errata? Ah, the bugs, the bugs. The bugs, the bugs. But yeah, it's like, They're, they, you know, they... They, they, they get under your skin. from my life. They get well, under and, your skin. And they take a lot of time to deal with. And it's, they do. Yeah. But anyway, the 5S is, is, is sick. That's what the S should stand for, sick. Mm. And it's amazing. So yeah, I'll be getting one of those. Um, 5C, you know, I, the more I think about the 5C, I mean, I've always thought the 5C is cool because I get where it stands. It is a very appropriate phone for its purpose. It's the best way I can put it. What's its purpose? Its purpose is to be an iPhone for someone who doesn't care about the 5S. Mm -hmm. So as we talked about before the news, of course, where we did some speculation, the 5C is meant to be the iPhone for the cheap people, the free people, the average people. And by average, I don't mean that the people are average. I'm saying the average of what people want. Average demands. And the 5C being a starting at $99, coming in colors, looking really slick, you know, beautiful screen, good processor, um, right? I mean, it's a solid phone. Hell yeah. People are going to eat it up. And, you mm. know, if you want to go a little bit higher and get the 32 gig, then you get one, then you go to 199. Then what I think is brilliant about what Apple did is, well, look at that. 199 is the entry level to the 5S. Mm-hmm. So you start with 99 and you go, yeah, I can get a new iPhone. This is awesome. And then you have the option of 16 or 32. Maybe you enter that 199 threshold because, you know, that's how people work, right? They pick a number yeah. and they're kind of anchored to it. But then, well, I can get the 5S 16 for 199. And then you decide if you need those features or not. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think the 5S and the 5C are incredibly solid. Um, I assume you saw the news today about Apple and how many iPhones, this will obviously be in the show notes, how, many, how much they did and everything. Uh, it seemed like they sold a lot. Well, they set a new record, actually. Did they? Okay. They sold a record-breaking 9 million 5S and 5C models just three days after the launch on September 20th. Wow, that's really good. And did congrats, you hear about Apple. Yeah, congrats. Let's, well, we can give applause, right? Yeah, totally. And uh, in addition, more than 200 million iOS devices are now running iOS 7. It's the Ah, fa- yeah. The I like fa- hearing that. The fastest software upgrade in history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen some of those sites that have the statistics of the adoption rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it is, it's the fastest adoption rate period. And, you know, I'll, I'll let a little more time go, go, go by, but I would just like to take credit that, uh, I said iOS seven would be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. I took so much shit at WWDC. I am gloating on this. <laughs> Fuck that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is great news, great news for iOS and I'll say Mac developers, Apple developers. Sure. 
record-breaking phones, record-breaking adoption of iOS 7. I mean, could you imagine 200 million devices are now running iOS 7? That's pretty nice. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. So Real nice. Yeah. Real nice, yeah. V- very nice for uh, a Vespar, isn't it? Well, you know, our apps, uh, one on the App Store is still an iOS 6 app. Yeah, but it runs on iOS 7. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. So all the people who upgraded to iOS 7 can still download it, run it. Oh, yeah, which, totally. Which leads me to a topic about Fantastical. Hmm. So we actually announced on a few days ago, it was last week, our plans for Fantastical on iOS 7. We, really, we announced this on the 18th of September. Okay. Um, day before iPhone, excuse me, iOS 7 was coming out, or no, the same day, excuse me, same day. We, we knew we had to say something. Um, at least I felt this way. I felt like we have a ton of Fantastical users. iOS 7's here. People are going to wonder, hey, guys, what's up? Are you redoing it or you're not redoing it? Is it an upgrade coming? Uh, silence is always the best policy. But if you have something coming pretty soon, then silence is probably the worst policy. Because you then allow people to cross and dot, you know, cross T's and dot I's and, and cross lines that they're just not, you know what I mean? Like they come to their own conclusions that can be really bad. Sure. So, okay. We know Fantastical 2 is almost done. We know mm-hmm. we're going to ship it next month, right? Mm-hmm. Why would we let one month of speculation happen where people are going to go, oh, it's going to be a free upgrade. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to have that. Oh, they better be adding this. Oh, what's going on? Oh my God. Why are you guys taking so long? Here it is. Now it's October 1st. Where's iOS? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's such a short period of time that the speculation and damage and bad juju that could come from not saying anything Giving dates is always bad. You know this. Oh, it's the gosh, worst. Yes. It's it's the it's the the worst thing a developer can do. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're so certain it's coming in a month, and I can tell you it is because we just know it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going through the final phases of testing and polish and detail, which I know can sometimes be the longest. But we just know we'll be able to submit it next month. Okay. Um, then we think uh, you just have an obligation to at least not get fear, uncertainty, and doubt working against us. And not only that, having the users then be upset when it comes out and it's a new app. Right. So, well, you have an obligation to communicate with your current users. Correct. You know, But for people who are going to buy the app today, and then a month from now, they have to buy it again. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Sure. And, you know, we get a lot of tweets on this. So, this is, you know, I, so everyone keeps telling me I should blog, and I know you've mentioned this as well, and I really, I should blog, because some, some of these thoughts are really, I want to get out, but I'll just say it here. The App Store is very restrictive. You know this very well. It's very hard to, to manage people's expectations of upgrades and downgrades and crossgrades and all this, right? So yeah. what do you do? Well, you take the lead from Apple. Apple has said, you buy an app, a new version comes out, you buy it again. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what they've said. That's how the store is designed, and that's what we're doing. And let's go back, since you and I are old school, old, old school. Let's talk about software in a box. Mm. You would go to a store, get in your car, drive, and buy a, a box of fucking software from CompUSA, correct? For 250 bucks at least. Exactly. But let's even say some of the average software and that was, was like- And that was $80, too. So that counts. That comes out to about a million dollars. In 2013. <laughs> Very good. We spent a million dollars per software title. Exactly. On our on our two million dollar computer. On yeah. our two million dollar computer. Right, sure. But if you think about like, okay, software at an average price, I'll just say average for like consumer software it was like fifty dollars. The effort to go get it, buy it, bring it home, install it, all of this stuff, right? Fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is like now now apps are like five dollars, three dollars, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever, right? Yeah. We're still working to make these apps. We're still working to market or sell or design all of the things that go into it. And I kind of thought back, especially that I'm so old school, like what the fuck was the whole previous mindset of, well, you sell an app and then you give an upgrade. Oh, well, you bought the app for $100. You should get a discount because you bought the previous version. What is that? What, where did that even come from? Why was that even a thing? Like, I know I'll, I'll take it to some other industries, and of course I can refute my own arguments, like the car, the car industry. You don't buy a 2010, and then when you buy a 2011, they go, oh, well, you bought the 2010, here's a discount. Some automakers do, they'll be like, oh, here's a loyalty discount for 500, but that's just marketing mm, bullshit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But what other industry, is there a thing where you've bought something, and then you're allowed to get a value for what you used and bought? It's ridiculous. And I think but, it only comes from the fact that software is air, basically. 
It's exactly right. Digital reproduction is just fundamentally different than um, than actual bits. Even though the software came in a box, it's the cost of the box and everything. Yeah, but did that make that it feel? T- did that make it feel more tangible then? Like, is that why back then? Well, also we didn't have the internet and Twitter and all these platforms to bitch, but. Back then, was it because you had a box and you did all this stuff to get the app and install it that it was like, oh, this is this is a big thing? And now because you just hit one button and it's installed in a matter of seconds, you're like, fuck this. This should be 50 cents. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I don't know. But I I do know, and I'm making, I'm making it loud and clear. I don't know. I mean, it's not like a mission. I'm going to start a website and shit. But there should be a campaign that all developers unite. And I'm not saying that we, we force this down people's throat. We just figure out how we can do it in a respectful way that people know what goes into our, our products, that, that, that it's not just a 30-second thing that they're getting. It took us a year to make. It, it, it was a lot of effort. It does, we do have families and lives and bills that we have to pay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, just, I, I so think there's just I, a bad perception of, of the fact that software is instant. I, I used to, this was kind of a project of mine uh, years and years ago on inessential.com. I, I did a lot of writing about what, what actually goes into software and how complicated it is, how much time it takes, all that kind of thing. Uh, not to, you know, not as complaining, but as education for general people. And what I found is that doesn't really make any difference at all. It, it only gets worse. Huh, interesting. There's absolutely nothing we can do to, to get uh, average people to understand what goes into making software. So it's not even worth you know, fantasizing about that as a possibility. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. And you know what? I I, I agree with you. It's not going to happen, but we could still try to shift the perception and at least communicate it. So when someone does come and they're like, oh, I just bought this app. What the fuck? There's at least some answer. There's at least Mm. some reality to hit them over the head, whether it does or not. Right. Yeah. So you can answer. Got to try, right? You can answer individuals, but you're not going to, you're not going to change things on a, on a larger on a larger scale. So to give you something very interesting, so we posted this blog post. Everyone was excited. Oh my God, I can't believe all these new features And because we're, we're doing a lot of stuff for Fantastic L2. That's why we're charging. Um, one of the interviews I did, they asked me what I think about charging. And I said, if you're just doing a compatibility upgrade, if it's just like, hey, we're fixing stuff for iOS 7 and minor tweaks, if you charge, you're kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like then, you're, then it is a money grab. Then it's like, oh look, new phone, I can get more money. But if you're redoing your app, which we are, if you're adding new features, which we are, if you're making a major change to the entire functionality of the app, then you have to charge because you've obviously been working on it a long time and you should be compensated for your time. That makes sense. The counter argument is, you know, there are so many, so many customers you haven't reached yet and your the customers you have reached are your evangelists. This is so true. So if you're generous with them, with the upgrade, um, you know, and just concentrate on you know, finding all the people you haven't sold to yet, which is still a massive amount of people, right? That is true. Um, you know, it's a counter argument. I'm not sure. No, it's, it's, sure. it's, totally it's valid. It. No, no, I'll tell you this. It's valid. The only problem with it is, is that the way the app store works is it really is flavor of the month. Mm-hmm. And the only way you get that flavor of the month is by having the new and shiny. Mm. If your app is old and just sits there and it's kind of obscure, Apple stops featuring you, you stop hearing things. And sure, you can market, I know this very well, your way to being popular, but no, on the App Store, it only gets you so far. You can you can place ads, you can evangelize, you can do all these things, but really getting up in the charts, you have to be seen. Mm-hmm. And that means you have to be seen by Apple, and that means you need something newsworthy. Hmm. Now, can you make can you make a free update that let's say adds iPhone 5S support and that's something new and shiny? Okay, yeah, it's free, right? Free upgrade, mm-hmm. you just do it. Sure. There are ways to stay within the confines of free and get new and shiny, but it's, it's tough. It's, it's, I'm not saying I have all the answers and then one size doesn't fit all, but I do know we work in an industry where people don't really value the output that we create. Yeah, that's exactly right. The majority of people, because most of our listeners, I believe, do, because most of our listeners are likely developers. Good point. Thank you, listeners. You guys are awesome. So what else? Um, yeah, so anyway, so the, the news went over very well. We got a ton of replies. Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait. I've been waiting for an upgrade. And, you know, we, we announced some of our features like reminders, a better parsing engine, text expander support. People have been wanting these things. These are like some of the most requested features. So people are tickled pink. But, of course, we got the, oh, I just bought this a couple months ago. Oh, this, is, this, is, this has been less than a year and you're going to now charge for an upgrade. It feels like a money grab and do 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 Now, here's the thing. The less than a year argument, 
I, I know how it feels. If I was the customer, I would feel the same way. I'm not saying I wouldn't, mm-hmm. but then what should we do? Arbitrarily hold it back for a few months so it's over a year? It's still going to be under a year for somebody. Correct. Okay, so let's. That's, uh, thank you. That was even better. So the next, the next other argument was, well, you know, um, yeah, you're adding iOS seven compatibility and some features, but you know, this this is uh, this is on the iPhone. You really can't charge again, really, because this is my company, <laughs> right? You know, like you, you know what I mean. And I'll, I'll even say this again. I get this. I, I would probably feel the same way if I was on the customer end because that's the consumer feeling. Sure. There's a feeling when you buy something, right? Everyone gets it. You get it. I get it. Everyone gets it. And you kind of get like, I invested in this. I bought this. And then you feel like, oh, I got to buy it again. I don't know, like with software I'm talking about. Yeah. There's this consumer feeling. Mm-hmm. But I have an obligation to my family, to my coworkers, to my business and myself to keep Flexibits running well. And I think charging you have an for- obligation to your users to keep Flexibits running well too. Man, and if you're- you don't make enough money, you can't, you have to remove Fantastical from from the app store and you can't support it and you know, whatever. You're on a roll today, dude. That was a second awesome one from you. <laughs> no, really. That's a good point. Like I didn't even think about that. The user should come first, right? And making the app for what the users. Yeah, and, exactly right. And it is true. And I will tell you a lot of the things that happened with fantastic Cal two for iPhone are because we made the decision when we saw iOS seven and I was so excited. Oh my God, we have to not only reskin this, you know, redesign this, because at the end of the day, there's things obviously we've kept that are the same, and one could argue it's a reskinning. There are things we've rethought and improved. There's actually a day ticker improvement, um, cool. which was not mentioned in the blog post, but I'll give our listeners a little tip. Um, hey, listeners, did you hear that? There's some kind of change to the day ticker. Yeah, it's actually I look a pretty, forward to that. It's actually a pretty crazy. It, it's such an obvious change. Once it comes out, I'll want to talk about it because it's okay. one of those things where you always see something and you're like, "Oh, this is really great." And then you're like, then, you know, you try to refine it. You're like, oh my God, how did we not do it this way the first time? And it's such a, such a little, little detail. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it works though, right? It's the little yeah, details sure. that matter. But yeah, so the point is, is like, we got all excited and we're like, okay, we were working on iPad. We actually had been working on iPad from almost the time we launched Fantastic Cal uh, one for iPhone. And we were like, okay, well we need to, we need to get going on iPad. Then when iOS seven came, we're like, oh my God, we have to totally do this for iPhone first because iOS 7, a lot of changes. It would be a good test bed to go to iPad later. You know, just things like that. iPad still wasn't that... um, We still had a lot of things that we were trying to solve on iPad because it's just like the iPhone. We don't want to just make an iPad version to make an iPad version. We want to solve problems. We want to actually make the iPad version perfect, as perfect as we can. So, exactly. And uh, now iPad is coming, and it's definitely... um, more far along because of what we've done with the iPhone, right? Because you mm-hmm. solve these problems and then boom, you have solutions. So yeah, so short version is, I think people are going to love Fantastic Cal 2. I love it and I'm kind of the pickiest person I know. So there you go. <laughs> cool. Cool. Awesome. Wow. I look forward to it. Yeah, thanks, man. And hopefully you will love it. I uh, look forward to getting does your feedback. Does it solve the staples? No staples. Oh. I know. I'll miss them terribly. I almost thought about leaving them in just to piss people off like you. <laughs> but oh, no. they they don't piss me off. They're 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 cute. They're, you know, it's funny. They're it's there cool. for the exact reason that you asked me that question. Mm-hmm. They're they're a conversation piece. Yeah, sure. But no, I I did. I actually for a second thought like, "Oh, could we do it? You know why you can't do it because then it's a gimmick." Right, like even though sure. someone could argue it was a gimmick in iOS 5.6, it wasn't yeah. that much of a gimmick. It kind of fit the the the, the theme, right? The theme it was you, you add you add ornamentation and garnish, mm-hmm. which there was a lot of fucking garnish and apples apps. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of wood, burled wood and uh, felt. Mm-hmm. Did I ever? I, I always try to say felt. Did I tell you about the Sanford and Son joke? No. He's 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 working in a in a clothing store, and he's like, I felt silk and I felt felt. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess saying felt felt is funny. Exactly. That was such a great show, dude. That is a great show. I think I only saw like one episode. Oh sadly. man, you gotta randomly just watch one and I think as an adult you'll appreciate it more. Yeah. Well I don't know when the last time you watched it was, so Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. So yeah, so that's Fantastic L2 with iOS 7. And just to kind of, you know, keep with the theme of today's episode, <clears throat> you know, I said I loved iOS 7. 
when I saw it, I said I loved it when, you know, I've been developing with it and Fantastical is literally, literally such a better product because of it. Like, like it's just, I can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to see what we've done so they can sort of see how much iOS 7 changes the app. What color is your nav bar? <clears throat> Sorry, I got, uh, got something in my throat. A little drinky, I think. Hmm. <clears throat> um, our nav bar is red still. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. But different. Mm-hmm. So that's another, another Identical Cousins uh, preview. Red but different, and I mean quite different. It's not, um, it, if you put them side by side, it's different. Right, but you're not it's, going with the iOS seven standard. No, no, no. We didn't go. No, and thing. you know, one of the things I've been disappointed in, and this was what everyone I think hated about iOS seven was. I remember I said on one of our episodes, and I know I got some some feedback on this, but I said, you know, Apple's apps seem kind of basic, mm-hmm. and they kind of almost seem underwhelming. And the argument was that the functionality is still there, but to me, I always felt like there should be so, there still should be some theme when you open an app that you know it's that app, so to speak. Sure. And what we did with Fantastical for iOS seven was to still you still know it's Fantastical. You still have a blacklist, and you still have a red header, mm-hmm. and a day ticker, and a calendar. Then, since we announced it, we now have um, landscape mode, which will be week view. So you turn your phone to the side, and you get a beautiful week view. Cool. And it still looks like Fantastical, and that's the thing. iOS 7, I don't think, is supposed to just be you strip everything away and make these white or black. I mean, most apps are white, so I'll just say white. Mm. But you don't just make these white apps with text. You don't just make, um, uh, I guess, text views is a good way of saying it. Right. I think you're supposed to create a nice design that fits into this minimalistic world. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did with Fantastical, too. Cool. Rock on. Yeah, dude. I really, I think you're going to love it. I... I, I am so excited about iOS seven that I spent so much time on this where I'm like, okay, it's our first app for iOS seven. We've got to do it right. Because I mean, for what it's worth, I'm going to say it. I think we're going to be a bar. I think we're going to be something that people look up to. I think it's going to be, I mean, Fantastical's done really well and people love it. And I think people will look at Fantastical as a, a model mm-hmm. and not that I had that in mind. It's like an obligation. Like, oh my God, we better do this right or we're going to make a whole bunch of apps where people are going to suck. But I still think if people are kind of having an expectation of, wow, let's see how Flexibits or let's see how Michael Simmons does it, whatever, then you really do have to do it well. You can't just rush it. Uh, we almost rushed it. There was a point where we wanted to get it out for the iOS 7 launch. Oh, sure, yeah. And everyone I spoke with, and a couple people remain nameless, but some idiots who now, in hindsight, ended up listening to my advice, I said, don't rush to get it out on day one. You're rushing your app then. Yeah, quality is way more important. Exactly. And yep. I, I, I think it was about, I don't know, I want to say almost like three, four weeks ago, we made the decision, we drew the line in the sand, we're not launching until it's done. And that was it. And that that made the app so much better. It made us feel better. It made us not pressured, of course. And we said, we need to get it out soon. We can't now delay it for six months, right? But why rush for an arbitrary date of iOS 7? Then also everyone else is rushing to get their apps out. There's all noise. Um, you, You know, you're lost in the shuffle. People aren't updated to iOS 7 yet. Give you a lot of reasons. Yeah, so being there on day one of iOS 7 was wasn't necessarily wasn't really mandatory, I think. If you were uh, iOS Ves- 7 only, yeah, which we Ve- are, which we are. Yeah, uh, Vesper uh, for iOS 7 isn't out yet. Right, but uh, Vesper, I assume, will not go iOS 7 only, right? Or will it? It will. We haven't- yeah. Oh, well, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, there's. The- I- I'm sure you're not done for other reasons, but I'm just saying it works out in your benefit that you're not done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were a couple people that I told this and they gave me flack. Oh, you're just not ready on time. You know, like it's an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, now they're all of a sudden not ready on time and they're trying to spin it like, oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> this makes so much sense now. <laughs> Whatever, story of my life. But yeah. all I'm saying is like, Fantastical is one of those apps that I really want it to be what I want in an iOS 7 app because I love iOS 7. I told you that from WWDC. I'll say it again today. It really makes my device feel better mm-hmm. and it really does remove all the bullshit. You know, I said that quote that was in the Apple video at WWDC where it was all those sayings and slogans. Like, you know, if everybody's, I think it was like, if everybody's making something, how do we actually, I always get, I should get this quote in my head memorized because I love it. But it's sort of like, if everyone's doing something, how are we actually getting things done? And to me, what that quote spoke of was, 
if everybody's sitting there polishing details like staples, right? Yeah. How are the apps actually being good apps? How are you actually making something good if you're sitting there just making things for show? Mm-hmm. And with Fantastic Hell 2, we really did go to the pure, pure, what is important, what is not important, what is beneficial, and how will this app actually save you time and make you happy? Mm-hmm. And like, seriously, it's Fantastic Hell 2 for sure. It's definitely 2. Cool. So, yeah. So anyway, back to the whole iOS 7 thing. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think uh, hopefully, you know, when Vesper comes out, we'll see the same thing. I think ultimately it's going to be a really great direction for the platform. I, I mean, I think it is already. I think you know, one of the things I was kind of waiting for launch week was people complaining and bitching. Oh, this sucks. Oh, I hate this already. I haven't seen one complaint. Yeah, I was afraid there might be an iOS 7 backlash. And uh, so far, so good. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't really seen that. So I, I was I was worried. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, we I, talked I about like, that. Yeah, we, I like yeah. iOS 7 a ton, but I'm still worried. But Yeah, yeah no, 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 for sure. Because whenever we talked about it, I even said, oh, Sheila's seen it, and you were saying, no, she'd hate it or whatever. Like, mm. I understand why people would hate it right away if you just do an A-B test. Sure. But it's the sum of its parts. It's the usage, right? Mm-hmm. It's the day-to-day. Yeah. And... Um, there's that video that's out there where there's that kid crying over it. Did you see that? No. Oh, man. I don't link it. I'm not even going to, I won't tell you about it. But there's some video where the, it comes out and the dad's, the dad's kid's crying. So, of course, all the developers who are hating on iOS 7 were like, oh, yeah, see, it even makes a kid cry. <laughs> Which it's, it's like, so, it's so easy to make kids cry. Well, there were a couple funny comments where it's like, that kid's a whiny, spoiled brat who cries <laughs> over an operating system changing. <laughs> Some children have really hard time with any kind of loss whatsoever. I mean, you know, they lose, you know, one out of hundred of their little army men toys. Well, and, I was going to say, know, I think it's, it's, it's terrible, right? I think it's a little unfair showing it because I think anything that changes or is lost will make a kid cry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, put it on YouTube, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the East Coast mentality in both of us is what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Not much. So what's what's going on on your end? I, I did a lot of yapping, obviously, fantastic. Oh, really quick plug. Um, no sponsor this week, but uh, just a quick shout out to uh, our, I guess, our sponsor finder. Is that a, what would yeah. you call them? Yeah, it sounds good. Sponsor yeah. finder. Our, our middlemen, our, our sales folks are uh, really our, probably our very best friends in life. Yeah, our, our men and women who hit the floor running to mm-hmm. get our show out there. It's They're called the mid-roll. And uh, Lex Friedman works with them, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're themidroll.com, T-H-E-M-I-D-R-O-L-L, like a roll with butter.com. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just give them, get, just contact them and you can get in touch to figure out how to advertise on Identical Cousins. So the midroll is, you're going to eat three rolls with butter and it's <laughs> the second one. Yeah, got it. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, anyway, I don't know what the midroll means. Yeah, me neither. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we can have them sponsor our show so we can read it why. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, while, while eating a roll with butter. Mm-hmm. So what's going on with you? What's new uh, in your neck of the woods? I know I don't think you actually have wanted to or are going to announce too much Vesper news, but anything going on that you want to chat about? Uh, let's see. Aside from the rain, uh, i got a new stove. That's pretty yeah. Cool. yeah. What's, uh, what's so cool about it? Uh, yeah, new stuff. It works. Yeah, it, it works. works. Yeah, that, it that works. makes a big difference. Huge, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, working on Vesper for iOS 7. That's about it, really. That's what I do. All right. Well, that's good. Um, what's your What's your take on the whole iPhone iOS 7 thing now that it's been out and you're kind of uh, used to it? I'm really pleased to see the the adoption and, and that Apple was selling so many phones. I, I think that's wonderful. Um, that's about it. I mean, it makes the market bigger for our apps, right? Yeah. yeah that's that's a very important thing. And I like iOS 7 a lot. I, I started using it from like beta 3 or something on my carry around phone. So I've been living in iOS 7 for quite some time. Huh. And uh, yeah, I, I like it a ton. Okay, good. So it's definitely a growing on you. Obviously, mm-hmm. you didn't hate it in the beginning. You were unsure oh, no, about it. You were, you were, you were, let's just say, uh, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. But now you're definitely you're sold, right? Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Yeah, there. You know, uh, there are there are probably some things I like less than other things, but that's okay. 
it, it really is the 1.0 of 7.0, right? So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm trying to find, hold on, I'm trying to find that quote that I love in that Apple video. Yeah, it's, if everyone is busy making everything, how can anyone perfect anything? Mm-hmm. And I interpret that as if everyone is busy making everything, meaning staples, design, details, all that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you perfect anything? Like, how do you actually work on the important things? How do you actually start to deal with the things of having the app surprise and delight, right? You're doing it with, with little details and you're putting in so many things and you're, you're not focusing on what's important, I guess, is what I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm interpreting it as. Well, good design that focuses on what's important is, is, is at least as difficult, if not more difficult and time-consuming than oh, yeah. design that like throws some staples and textures Yeah, sure, and stuff exactly. Yeah. And think about the time you're sitting there on the garnish, on the everything, right? The, the whole overall experience. Mm-hmm. You're not really making anything, right? You're sort of just making, I don't know, distractions as I see them. Well, I, yeah, that's could that's be could judgment be. to be made. If you're spending time on distractions, you're not spending time on on um, on the real what the real experience ought to be of your app. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's see if I oh here, here's, here's a good uh, here's a good story. So Fantastical two, one of the things we're going to have is reminders. And one of the things with reminders that I think is important in an app like Fantastical is that they're integrated. That it's not, you know, one, we even had a debate about, do we really put reminders into Fantastical, right? Because it's a separate mm. app. You have reminders, you have calendar. Mm-hmm. They used to be all together. Remember in iCal, you'd have reminders with the calendar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then Apple split them off. Mm-hmm. And we have reminders with events in Fantastical for Mac, but we had never brought them to the iPhone because we always felt on the iPhone, especially, you know, you're on the go, it's mobile. It doesn't make sense. But we ended up obviously having a solution, which we think is really good. But here's the story that I think, like you were saying, you got to think about the good user experience or good user design. When you're creating a new event, do you give the user an option of whether it's an event or a reminder first? Do you have a specific mode? Do you have to make them choose from a selection? Do you know where I'm going with this? Like, mm-hmm. how do you even get the person to enter a reminder versus an event? Right. Well, one of the things that we do with Fantastic Alpha Mac, which of course we're bringing to the iPhone, is try to automatically detect what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on the go with the iPhone, we're going to be more rigid about how we detect that because we're a little bit more flexible on the Mac because you're in front of your computer. It's probably, you know, you probably have more time. You're not in a rush. Mm-hmm. Where on the phone, you're probably, probably, I know assumptions are what kill us, but probably making an event more than a reminder. That's why you got Fantastical. Probably. So we tend to favor events over reminders. We're more gun shy towards, you know, uh, towards, remi- towards, well, I guess gun shy would be more gun shy towards reminders, but we tend to prefer events. Yeah. And one of the issues that I noticed, because obviously I use my own apps, is that when it comes up, it would say new event at the top. Because when you hit plus, you get a new event sheet, right? Or a new event view. Mm-hmm. But then... What conveys on that screen that they can make a reminder? Guess what? Nothing did. Hmm. And I said, we're taking for granted that we know the parser can do that. Also, once you type something, a switch appears, and that switch lets you switch between events and reminders. Okay. But until you see that switch, you don't know it's there. Mm -hmm. So the thing you need to do with good user experience and good user interface is put yourself into stupidity, literally. You've never seen the app. You have no clue what's going on. And I, I saw this big, 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 big fuck up that it said new event. There's no switch to do anything. There's nothing that indicates you could do a reminder. And sure, once you start typing, then you'll see that switch. But who's to even say that that'll be clear, right? Mm-hmm, right. So what we're going to do, we're, we're still finalizing some of this is we're probably going to always show the switch. Makes sense. So when you get to the screen, even though it says new event, the switch will be on the event side. Mm-hmm. Well, if you toggle the switch, then it'll say new reminder. And someone with that can play around and explore and figure out, oh, that's how I create a reminder. Right. And then, of course, if they type something and they're surprised and delighted by the fact that the parser picks that up, even better. Yeah. But these are the kind of things that, like, that's just one of, you know, 2,367,466,211 details that we've sweat on Fantastical. That number seems low. 
Yeah. Probably but is. we'll accept it for now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope that that story, at least for everyone listening, is something that, that matters. That don't just make your app and assume, oh, well, this makes sense. Because it obviously made sense to us. And to tell you something interesting, we had it this way for, you know, months, right? It's been this way. Mm-hmm. And now that we're getting closer to shipping, I'm now doing my really got to question everything. I mean, sure, it happens throughout the process, but there is a part right before we ship where I'm like, okay, is this really the right call? Mm-hmm. What does this really mean if you don't know what you're doing? Right. And that just stuck out, you know, stood out to me like a sore thumb, like, wait a minute, this says new event. There's no way at all the user knows. Oh, and by the way, when you create a new event, we have a, I think you, you know this from using Fantastical, we have a um, show details button. And what the show details button does is you can just, instead of typing in the sentence, you could just go right to the details. But once you show the details of an event, now you're stuck in event mode. Mm-hmm. So if someone was to come there and see new event and say, oh, well, how do I create a reminder? I guess I'll hit show details. Now they're stuck. Now they have mm. no way to switch to a reminder because now they're in an event detail list. Via. Got it. So yeah. So, but anyway, we, we solved it. We have the problem solved because it was just something we discussed and talked about. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to exactly what you were saying with good user interface and good user experience goes such a long way. Yeah. Let's, Love it. Yeah. As, as you say, uh, I, I don't, I don't refer to it as putting myself into stupidity mode. Uh, the, phrase I always have my, in my head is fresh eyes. Always try to have fresh eyes when going over this stuff. And by it that is, I mean it, like, yeah. you know, you just, you just haven't seen it before. And yeah. if you can get, get that into your head, then it's, that makes it easier. Yeah, I guess na- naivety would probably be better than stupidity. Sure, yeah. And I know what you mean, but yeah, you got to get into this mode. The other thing that's hard is this. I don't know that if, we, if we're at a beta test phase and then we're going to expand it to a little bit, a few more people eventually... I don't know that anyone else would find this because mm-hmm. I think most people, you know, when they're testing, they're just testing. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're not thinking about UI. They're thinking about bugs or something that's wrong. Sure. So they're creating an event. It's working. Mm-hmm. They're creating a reminder. Okay. Well, maybe they plod their way through and figure out how to turn on the switch. Um, we also have some, I don't want to give away too much here. I go in my mouth, but we have some really cool things with the reminders. Um, with the reminders integration, like how you view the reminders and interact with the reminders. Like I just, I want to ship this thing so I can friggin' talk about it already. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's always hard, right? Like, mm-hmm. but as I said, we had to at least blog post about it cause it's coming in the next month. And you know, I just, it's going to be really difficult because we're going to have people who bought it two weeks before, three weeks before. And then, sure. you know, but I mean, do we take it off a sale now? I don't know that that even makes sense. And another thing, just to point out earlier about our software topic, the app still works if you buy it today. Yeah, right. That's the part that's always really interesting. Oh, you're going to make me pay again? Well, you have the app. And right. we've released iOS 7 fixes, just so you know. Like, it's not like we're, 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 we're it's not like there's stuff busted under iOS 7 and we're like, yeah, screw everyone. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have updates that have fixed iOS 7 stuff. Great. And before, before Fantastical 2 comes out, obviously it'll be another few weeks or month. If there's anything else that pops up, we'll obviously do a free update. And then everyone who has 1.x, obviously another thing is it's going to be off the store, right? You won't be able to buy Fantastic Hell 1 anymore, mm-hmm. but it'll still be available to re-download. Okay. So you'll always be able to get the latest and greatest that at least works with iOS 7 now. And um, there's also ways around that, by the way. Uh, this is a little pro tip for those who don't know. So if you have a 1.x app on the store, and this might actually be helpful to you since you're switching Vesper over to 2.0. Well, no, we're not switching to 2.0. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's right. That's right. You're just going iOS 7 only. Yeah, right. But okay. it's yeah. otherwise a normal upgrade. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But keep this in mind, because this is really helpful in case you do do a 2.0 where you're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. You basically take your app out of the countries for sale. So it stays on the store, but it's just not available in any, any country. Hmm. That way, existing users can still go into their previous purchases and download it. Oh, okay. So they never really truly lose any of their information. Right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and that way you can, you know, really help, help your users um, still get their app. And as I said to you, um, it, you're not, they still have the app they bought. Um, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the argument of, oh, I bought this three weeks ago. Well, it still works. Yeah, right. Still have you know, it. Yeah. And, and we've supported iOS 7. So unless you want the new features and the new shiny, you don't have to buy it. And that's not like a, a dick thing that I'm saying. You don't have to buy it. It's true. They don't have to buy it. 
If you feel that the 2.0 version is worth it and you see all the work and love and care we put into it and you want to buy it for $5 or whatever it costs, then yeah, buy it, please. And if you don't, if, if, there's, if we find out that everyone's staying with 1.x because they just don't think 2 is that compelling, that's great. Like, why would we care? Obviously, I want people to get the new stuff. Obviously, I'd like to sell it. But yeah. if, if really, if people who bought my 1.x, if they want to keep that and that still works for them, why, do I have a, why would I have a problem with that? Yeah, they no bought, problem at they all. bought it. Yeah, they bought yeah. it. They deserve to keep using it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. That's that's a lot of brain dump on you know lately with this whole iOS seven thing and now the the decision with Fantastical two and all this stuff, it really has given me a lot of. The, the, I just have a lot of topics I want to blog on with this because I just think our industry right now is so schizophrenic in terms of pricing and policies and upgrades and cross grades and everything. Like I said earlier, like it's just really a big discussion that I think we need to have as an industry. Hmm. I mean, even just indie developers as an industry. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Um, Panic, great developer, good guys. You know, I love them. They're they're the best. On, the best. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're great, right? Mm-hmm. And they've always they've always kind of stuck. I think they've done upgrades, as far as I know. Maybe I don't want to like completely misquote this, but they tend to just price their stuff and not do a lot of sales or upgrades or things. I'm pretty sure. I think they've done upgrades in the past when you know before the Mac App Store came. Uh-huh. But I think for like, I think for like Diet Coda when Coda came out, uh, and and then they had Prompt. I don't think they did a lot of the sale things. I think they were just like, well, here's here it is. Yeah, you know, th- I feel that way. They've done some. It's not frequent though. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's pretty rare. I think actually, yeah. here's a good way we can do it. Let's see. So, um, AppShopper.com, which of course we made the app for that. Um, App Shopper's great because you can look up historical things. Huh. So Diacoda, when it came out, was actually 10. And then it went up. Well, what's interesting is, oh, yeah. So it was 10 and then it went up to 22 days later. So I assume what they did, and if my memory serves me correctly, is they released it at 10 so people could get it like as a, as a you know, um, oh, you just bought Coda. So here's a discount. You know, here's a way to get it for cheaper. Sure. So it's like a two-day window, which even that always is a little bit hard because then, well, what about customers who just weren't around on vacation, on business, whatever, right? Yeah, right. You end up, you end up always pissing off someone. Of Unin- course. Unintentionally, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so Coda came out at 50. Yeah, it was upgrade pricing for all. And then it went up to 75, Coda 2, mm-hmm. and now it's 75. So that's what Panic seems to have done, that they did the, we'll do the launch sale and then we'll go up. So this is, again, another topic. Do you do a launch sale? Because all your customers that are going to buy it are going to buy it, probably. The people who really want it are going to buy it. Sure. Why would you put it down in price? Then you're leaving money on the table. Well, you might you might get more sales, right? Right. If something costs right, lower, right. you might get more sales. Right. So that's the counter argument. So right. then, then the next argument is, again, well, if it's only on sale for a week or two, then what if someone missed that sale? So they get screwed because they weren't around. You snooze, you lose. What about customers who have been long-term customers, right? That have supported you, bought every app. And again, they're just not around. Then they have to pay more because they missed it. Well, yeah. It's the whole fairness. I thing. mean, you can't. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Correct. Yes. But no, I'm agreeing with you 100% unequivocally. <laughs> but like, that's the whole part that sucks about this. You will never make every everyone happy. Right. Ever. So do you even put it on sale? Question, I guess the answer is what you said. If it's going to help your sales and there's going to be a benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Which leads into, I think you have to do what's best for business, not what's best for your customers. And that's not to say you do what's worst for your customers. I got to make this clear. You always want to keep your customers happy, right? That's why mm-hmm. you're making your apps. But if you try to make your policy to make your customers happy, you're going to fail every time. Because you'll be saying, okay, well, it's, we're going to do introductory pricing so we can get everyone happy. Well, guess what? A week after it goes off, everyone else is going to be unhappy. The only way to make your customers happy is to make it free all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, you'll probably find you have a lot of unhappy customers and your, your reviews will get worse on the app store, et cetera. So, yeah. You know. And you'll run out of business and then they'll be very unhappy. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, I don't know. I just... I. I, I definitely, I stress over this stuff because I would want everyone to be happy. Um, you know, someone said to me, this was a good thing. Someone had said to me, well, what would you do tomorrow if the app store introduced upgrade pricing? Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd like it. I actually think what Apple did by eliminating upgrade pricing is, is good. I think upgrades are bogus. I don't think there should be such a thing as upgrade pricing. 
Again, you bought software, you got usage out of it, you bought what was on the tin, right? You bought what you were buying that day, mm-hmm. and that's it. You bought it. Yeah. We as developers, that's why I said you and I old school, we have this mentality. I, I mean, I have to resist this. It's actually me fighting myself to say what I'm saying right now. But upgrades are stupid. We've had upgrades our whole life. That's all we've known as software developers old school. But why? What, what, why is the upgrade even logical at all? Was it, a, was it a tactic to get old users to pay up? So you say, hey, old users, here's something new, which then in essence is a money grab, is it not? Sure. And that's all I'm getting at. I think the upgrade is an archaic thing that needs to go away. Well, it is going away. It's gone. I don't think it exists, right? Uh, You saw the Omni thing where Omni... Well, you saw Omni, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't exist on the App Store, but it still exists for Mac apps sold outside. This is true. But at some point, those policies will have to change because think about it. Like, we can do upgrades on our Fantastical on our site question is do we do that and then not have that pricing on the app store because then if someone missed that who bought it and then you know what i mean like then it comes down to well then you're upsetting people mm-hmm. i don't know the whole thing is just convoluted yeah i guess well, that's really frankly that all the prices right now for software are upgrade prices <laughs> no one's charging a real fair full price for anything anymore yeah, exactly. Because the pricing takes into account, you know, the fact that there's no upgrade pricing system. And it takes into account that there's no, um, no time-limited demos, right? So the, the buyer has more risk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, so the prices are lower to take all that into account. Uh, that's yep. fine. Well, no, that's true. And I think what it, what it boils down to is it's still, it's always, you know, caveat emptor, right? Yep. That's it. I mean, the end of the day, let the buyer beware. You're buying what you're buying that day. And that's not to say you can't give good customer service and stuff. Like if someone contacts us and they're like, I bought Fantastic Health three days ago. Here's my receipt from the app store. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to give them a promo code when we have them. You know, in the beginning, it's slim pickings, right? Sure. But I'm probably going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And what I would invite it probably going to do the right thing is it depends. I mean, if we get inundated with thousands of people or people who are like forging their receipts or who knows what, that's the other problem, right? Like, you know, one good deed ends up stabbing you in the back, but. What I used to say to people who um, complained about an upgrade price uh, via email is I would say, you know, explain that, you know, we, we have to do this in order to afford to continue to work on the app. We, we love working on the app and that's what this is about. So that was the first thing. Second yeah. thing is I would say, if this upgrade price is truly a hardship for you, uh, then I, I will find a way to get you a free copy. Right. And then and, and leave it at that. And you know what? Nobody ever, ever wrote back and said it was truly a hardship. You know, they saw that you were willing to do the right thing if you needed to. So therefore, they wanted to support you. Right. And and, and nobody, yeah. you know, there was nobody saying like, literally, all my money goes to macaroni and cheese dinner. And I can't. Well, come afford, on, dude. No one's buying know. an iPhone. No one's buying an iPhone that's on macaroni and cheese. And if they are, then. Uh, their parents bought them an iPhone. Their parents, exactly. So I was saying, like, that's that's the other big argument. You bought a $500, $200, whatever, $100 iPhone. You can't afford $5 for an app. Right, sure. Right. Come on. Yeah, this is a this is obviously a topic we could talk about a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up to an hour, so we'll start to wind it down. Um, let's see, anything else? So iPhones, all that. Oh, so in the news today, small little random thing. You read about BlackBerry, of course. And, BlackBerry. Um, or RIM. RIM. Formerly RIM, now BlackBerry. RIM. Yeah, well, they basically, the short version is they got some um, privatization bid from a Canadian, uh, was it Canadian? Yeah, Toronto-based Fairfax Financial Holdings. Okay. And now apparently with this, um, you know, bid or whatever it is, uh, this privatization bid, now, of course, other people might be coming out of the woodwork to get them and it was an all cash offer, ten percent above where the stock was trading, and um, blah blah blah. So all the rich people live inside the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird place for rich people to hang out. But yeah, I, I don't know why anyone would buy BlackBerry. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I, maybe there's a reason. Know. Beats me. I don't know. Maybe strip it down and sell it for parts, or yeah, yeah I don't know. Um. We'll find out. I I just been tweeting a lot lately about that old news, you know, going back six years ago, pre iPhone, where everyone laughed at Apple and everyone, 
Um, I don't know. I just, you know, everyone laughed at Apple and everyone was, oh, they're not just going to stroll in and da 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 And everyone's basically fucking gone now. That was nervous laughter at the time. I think everyone realized that. Yeah. Well, Very yeah. nervous laughter. Yeah. Well, for sure. But I think... I think it was nervous laughter combined with arrogance. Mm, sure. And that's what, that's what I love. I, I'm not a gloating. I, like I said, with iOS 7, haha, all you people were wrong. Like in that one, I, I'm, I'm going to do that because everyone gave me shit for liking it on day one. <laughs> but on this, on this iPhone shit, you know, don't fucking, um, I don't know. Just don't, don't. Basically, the, the, the moral, the, the lesson here is, moral of the story is, if someone does something that's different or something where someone's trying, don't knock them down because they're trying. Give them a fucking, it just, you know, if, if you're so great and you own the market, then wonderful. You have nothing to worry about. Sure. And yeah. support people, right? I, I get people all the time who'll ping me for app advice and all this stuff. I could be like, fuck you, or I'm busy or whatever. No, I like helping people because I got to the top with people who helped me get to the top. I didn't get here alone. I mean, obviously, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of things I did on my own. But on the other hand, people help me and I want to pay it forward. I want to pay it back. And I just think when you see companies like ridiculing Apple, I mean, they're not the new kids on the block anymore, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're in sync. Sorry, I had to. You didn't even get that, did you? No. Good. Trust me. Good. So the point oh, is, is, I think no, you made don't. a boy band joke. I did. It's a boy <laughs> band joke. Yes. Yeah. Before or after my time. Yeah. Bef- after? After new kids on the block, oh I yeah, after in my, my time, 20s yeah. By the time yeah, that we're, came out, we yeah. were both pretty. Uh, we we both could have been in those bands. Ah, uh, I would have been too old. Really? Yeah. You could have played it off. No, nah, I would have been too old by five years at least. All right, all right. Well, nothing. A little CGI couldn't correct. Yeah, they didn't have that in those days. <laughs> <laughs> there was an Amiga lying around on one of the sets. Yeah, yeah not powerful enough to fix this That's space. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that, anyway, it's, yeah, I, I gotcha. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that's just really, you shouldn't, you shouldn't ever ridicule anyone. It's, it's like Tesla, like, even, you know, Tesla, when, when the car thing came out or even Tesla back in the day, like everyone wants to ridicule what they don't understand or what they don't get rather than supporting them. And I think we would just have such a better world if everyone supported everyone. Well, Blackberry and Microsoft aren't going to like. Say, no, they're not going to kumbaya. Hey, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah, what does sure. it mean to su- support them? But I mean, their responses could have been could have been better, but they aren't going to like All come out and say, said is, "Hey, welcome Apple. I hope you sell like a ton, like ten times enough. what we do." You know, fair enough. Know. But they could have just said they could have just said, you know, oh, if we had advice to give to Apple, it's a really tough industry, and you know, it's really going to take a lot of e- effort and and chutzpah, and you know, obviously there is some chutzpah because they're doing this, so you know, they'll see just how hard this industry is. Yeah, yeah, but some of what they said sounded kind of like that, actually. Yeah, some of it was really, they're going to fail. And, you know, well, Steve yeah. Ballmer and yeah, whatever. Well, Ballmer is a flipping idiot. I just hate when I see someone putting someone down when you don't need to. In other words, you don't have to be polite. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'll take that back. You don't have to necessarily support them and be kumbaya, but you don't have to go out of your way to make them look like idiots and assholes. Right. Right? I, you know, I, Stay neutral if you don't have anything nice to say. If you have nothing nice to say, like my mom always said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. The, the best response would have been to say nothing. I agree. But they exactly. probably couldn't really avoid. I mean, people are going to ask them questions. So, Yep, that's true. And I guess at that point, you know, they're riding high, Apple's riding low. It's good to pick on the little guy, right? Sure, yeah. Such is life. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, All the right, iPhone well, doesn't even have a keyboard. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. $500 without not, a subsidy? It's not going to No keyboard? Piece of shit. Developers, developers, developers? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. We're out of time, folks. God, the time flies. We have uh we had we had something on the glass board, but I think it's it's nothing that they actually asked us to talk about. So just I don't know, go on the glass board and chime in. Uh well the the obvious answer is no to the question. Yeah. So and uh yeah, so uh that's it from Brent and myself. I will uh bid adieu, farewell, sayonara, and shalom. Simmons sign out. <laughs> Cousins all the way One pair of matching
searching for cans, different as night and day. Where Kathy adores a minuet, the ballet roots, and crepe Suzette. Our Patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet, still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk. 